This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hey. Today we're talking about Aliens. The sequel to Alien. Directed by James Cameron. Starring Sigourney Weaver. And Michael Bean. And... um, Bill Paxton. Scene's brother. Bill Paxton. Seen Paul Reiser, Michael, Paul Reiser, Lance Hendrickson. I'm just repeating your stuff now, so I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> Rico Ross. Who could forget Rico Ross? Yeah. And uh, yeah, Scott, since yours, anything you want to talk about before we get going? I, we've kind of one thing I say we have done an episode on this in the past, but that was back before we had our lists format. So I think it's fair game for us to go back and hit a couple of these. Plus, um, it's the anniversary. Yeah, we're getting close to uh, another Aliens movie. Yeah. But I, I I do want to go back and just mention kind of one thing. And that's very interesting, the, the tonal shift from one sequel to the other here. And Cameron did the same thing for Terminator, Terminator 2. Yeah. Um, the first movie's more, I, I'd say, thriller, sci-fi, horror. This is more like action with a... A lot of horror mixed in, um, so it, it, but yeah, completely different tones to both movies, and it's interesting that both of them work really well. Kind of, uh, they obviously uh, as standalone movies, they're they're great, but uh, they're just so different from each other that it it's interesting that they're all part of the same story and universe. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I was gonna say I like that. The, you can watch Aliens without watching Alien. And I think I did watch Aliens before I watched Alien, and you're kind of... (laughs) Somebody's dying. (laughs) Is that a dying giraffe over there? (laughs) 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 Um, Sorry, I'm tired of yawning. My body's making noises. Um, (laughs) The fact that... uh, I hear Echo. Oh, whatever. Fuck it, we're doing it live. I, I, I... I guess that the really the the main point to try to watch both of the movies is to kind of see the the overgrowing character arc for Ripley. Um, you kind of get her origin, as it were. Uh, so I think that that's worth it to like try to tie the two together with with watching both. Yeah, I mean, I think you should watch them both. I'm just saying you yeah, don't have to. But, right, but I'm I'm saying like that's. That's pretty much the only thing that you really get out of, like connecting the two yeah, and the xenomorphs. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, and the lore of the xenomorphs. Um, but but in uh, this one, if you don't watch it, you're on this you're on the side of everybody else but Ripley in that you have no idea what to expect. So they gotta have to kind of explain it, or she explains it to them as she explains to the audience, right? When they see the the holes in the grates and the the nest, they're not dead. They're gonna take them back to cocoon them and all that stuff. So pretty cool. Um, yes. Kill me. Yeah. Ugh. Freaks me out every time. 
And you mentioned Terminator, and this is uh, also with um, James Cameron. And I remember watching the behind the scenes on this, and he had made Terminator, but it wasn't out yet when he was directing this. And he was getting a bunch of shit from the English uh, crew over there. Oi! Just because, you know, they were, he was taking over for Ridley Scott, who was one of them, and they didn't want some stupid American coming over here. And he's like, hey, first of all, I'm Canadian, so stop calling me American. Like, all this stuff. And they were treating <laughs> him like crap, because he was a no-name guy. And I think I want to say, like, toward the end of production, Terminator came out. And then, like, everyone turned around and like, oh, this guy actually knows his stuff. And... <laughs> not not Get during the, the work. Set, you bloody wanker. Not during the it's time they set. spent working together with him. Yeah. It was only after they saw the movie. Yeah, like I said, it's all <laughs> documentary. I don't know how much of it's true, but it seemed like it. I and mean, I hear even on Star Wars talking about how the British crew was kind of stuck up and didn't want to do this stupid Lucas movie. But eh, I'm sure the American crews are the same to the everybody else. I don't know. Probably not. We don't have tea breaks over here. We should, except with beer. <laughs> All we right, have well, craft services where people have to eat craft cheese. <laughs> yeah. Or craft dinner if they're Canadians. <laughs> it's called macaroni and cheese, people. Don't call it craft dinner. Craft dinner. <laughs> hey. Hey. All right, well, let's get into it. Our top seven moments of aliens. Scott, lead us on. Okay, this was a tough one because there's so many great moments, uh, characters, lines in this movie. Uh, but I'll start with something pretty simple, and that's uh, some of the sound effects are are pretty awesome, pretty iconic, at least for me. Uh, the the sound that the doors make when they open and close, the kind of uh, uh, like pneumatic kind of hiss they let out with the fsh, and the and the, the mechanics behind it is cool. The the sounds the the rifles make are rad. That the Marines have, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but it doesn't sound like a like a gun, but it, it sounds exactly like a futuristic uh, gun would, I guess. <laughs> it was shooting ballistic uh, weaponry, munitions, uh, yeah. Plus the LED yeah. screen that shows you your bullet count—that was amazing. It, oh. That the uh, just even down to like the beeping sound, like the radar beep that they have that's detecting the incoming xenomorphs at one point. Uh, I've got I've got more to say about that, but you know, obviously, all all the sounds that they uh, that the, the xenomorphs are making, um, like the hissing and stuff, there just sounds just right. <laughs> uh, just very disturbing, very frightening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I like like normally not something I would notice in most movies, but the the sound effects are really great in this. I think you like the sliding doors that go Psh, just because you can stand next to them and just rip them and no one would know. <laughs> door. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. They they reuse the same sound effect in uh, Resident Evil 2 for the doors, the the underground lab at the end. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Tossing out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my number seven. Good pull. All right. Um, my number seven is the movement of the aliens in this movie. Um much more alive and jumping and doing stuff. Where in the first one, the guy doesn't move at all. Um, very. I mean, there's that one scene where Tom Skerritt like turns around the corner and the guy just goes, eh, and he sticks out his floppy hands or whatever. He's scared, Skerritt. <laughs> he's scared, scared. scared. Yeah. Skirt, skirt. But this one, when they, you know they're walking upside down and um, you know on the, in the ceiling and coming out, 
just tail swinging, all that stuff. Just the movement of the aliens, the xenomorphs, very good. Step up from the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, man, if you think about it, the first one there was one, and this one there's, I don't know how many. Yeah. That was that's something that's uh, worth pointing out, in that the, the more you show of a monster, like the less effective it becomes. Mm-hmm. So you'd think, like on paper, okay, we're going to have a shitload in this movie, as opposed to the, the first movie where just on, on screen for a little while, but they completely overcome that. Uh, you know, like you said, they, they move around in a creepy manner and it looks relatively realistic. Um, and then there's the queen, obviously. Uh, so yeah, there's some, some really cool stuff going on with the, the creature works here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Alex, number seven. My number seven is the Bishop knife scene. Hey man, what are you doing, man? He's like, hey, Bish, do the thing. He's like, all right. <laughs> and they force Hudson's hand down. He's like, hey, what are you doing, man? And he starts doing the stabbing incredibly fast in between his fingers and back to his, in between his thumb. Hudson yeah. just screaming the whole time. Uh, gives you a sense of his character. <laughs> okay, so Bishop's hand's on top of Hudson's hand, right? Yes. So I don't know what Hudson's that worried about. <laughs> well, because it's Hudson. I know you have to go through his own hand to get to his, so I, I don't think it would, I don't think it would happen. Plus, he bleeds milk, so you know what that means. It's gonna stuff some newspaper down somebody. <laughs> yeah. Or so Ripley believes. Or not. Or not. Whoa. <laughs> oh, nice. Da, 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 da. Oh, we should just end the podcast now. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Um, all right, uh, Scott, number six. Number six, uh, the this the whole scene with the uh, they're in a, like a science lab, I guess. Um, about three quarters of the way through the movie, when they get locked in with the the face huggers. Uh, for me, that was the the tensest scene in the movie. Um, although that's not much of a stretch, uh, but the them seeing the little things scuttle across the ground and then jump out and especially after having seen what they do in the first movie uh you you know how fucked up it's going to be um and then you really see um, burke's true colors and uh yet ripley being resourceful yet again but yeah i, lo- I love that whole scene just because it wasn't the giant aliens that we get to the rest of the movie uh, just these little face huggers that are even more fucked up than, <laughs> than the regular xenomorphs mm-hmm yeah, this is my number two. I think this is the most tense scene of the entire movie, and it's the fact that it's the small ones, not the big ones, that do yeah. it. And and like you said, the whole Burke betrayal. Um, yeah, just like it. It was awesome. One of the best scenes of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, my number six is Newt. I usually hate children in movies, unless they're kids' movies. And I thought they cast, not like cast her well, but the character she plays is not flying through a Linux system, is not um, <laughs> drop kicking raptors off the roof. Like, mm-hmm. she's just, I mean, she's kind of a hindrance in a sense. The one thing that she's good at, which makes sense, is she knows how to hide and get into small places. And that that's her thing. And I just. I like it. And saying things come out at night, mostly. But she out-aliens the aliens. Yeah. yeah. 
the the only thing I was I was watching it the other day and go back to that scene with the uh, um the face huggers. She does kind of pin the one by its tail with the cart. That I'm the not dun- so sure. The donkey. Yeah, she pins it. <laughs> I know what you're saying. I'm not trying not to acknowledge. Um, she pins it against the thing. I don't know if she'd be able to hold it off when there's like four of them trying to take one off of uh, Ripley in the other side. So. Yeah. But for the most part, I mean, she just she's trying to hide. As soon as stuff goes wrong, she just knows exactly where to go. Um, yeah, Cameron. Cameron figured out the secret formula to not make kids annoying. Yeah. Yeah, although John Connor's a little bit annoying. Yeah, he's pretty annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, like, the scene where uh, she's trying to, Ripley's trying to, like, tell her to go to sleep and she'll not have bad dreams. And she says, oh, your plastic doll's not going to have dreams. And Well, Ripley, it's made out of plastic. It doesn't have dreams or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You dumb bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There it is. The character of Newt, mostly. Mostly. Alex, number six. My number six is the whole uh, dynamic that Vasquez and, uh, who is it, Drake? Like her best buddy? Yeah, I don't know his name, but yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I think about. it's Drake. And uh, they have a good relationship, and it's not like, oh, I think they're, you know, it's not anything romantic in the least. It's more like a, a cop partnership and stuff. They're They've been through yeah, they've been through thick and thin and everything, and they have each other's backs. I thought that was pretty awesome. Okay, so Vasquez, her name is Jeanette Goldstein. Steen. <laughs> Steen. Okay. Mm-hmm. So She's a chameleon, we... Jeff. A chameleon. <laughs> it actually says that in the first sentence. He's a true chameleon. It's the first line in my NDB. Mm-hmm. I know she plays like Irish chick in Titanic. She plays a normal cop in Lethal Weapon movies. She's playing this. Yeah, I don't know. She's a chameleon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She does have the sickest burn in the whole, in the whole movie, too. When uh, Hudson asks her if she's ever been mistaken for a man. Yeah. And <laughs> and she asks him if he'd also ever been mistaken for a man. It's like, nope, have you? <laughs> it's nice. She heard him say aliens. He thought she thought he meant illegal aliens. <laughs> I totally messed that quote up, but you know, even in space, somehow, somehow I don't think uh, <laughs> illegal immigration's a thing in the that far in the yeah, future. <laughs> I know, but it's still funny, especially coming from Hudson. All right, uh, I think we're at number fives, right? Yep. Uh, Scott. All right, number my number five is just kind of the overall. Uh, pacing in the movie uh there's never really a, a lull um and if there ever is one it's always like oh, lulls f- followed oh. up by, by something uh pretty tense uh, even the beginning before any of the real action starts it's a lot of fun to, to get introduced to the space marines uh you get to see what happened to, to ripley and what's going on with like her nightmares and things like that uh get carted out to the ship and the whole process of them going down the planet's cool too, with with Hicks falling asleep and uh, them hiding the ammo, just like all these cool little character beats. Uh, and you get the in the pipe five by five, and uh, and then the and then the action starts pretty much um, for the rest of the movie. So yeah, it was very efficiently done. I agree, but let me ask you this: When you watch it now, do you watch the extended cut or the normal cut? 
usually when I watch it, it's like whatever's on cable or okay. being shown on one of the movie channels at the time. I'm not sure. Uh, they're probably running like the regular yeah, the theatrical. I, I stopped watching the extended cut. I had the Blu-ray has both. And the extended cut's good, but it, it does slow down the pace. What you're talking about is hurt. You see the colonists before they get abducted, right? Like you see Newton with her family. Uh, there's more stuff with Ripley fighting off her dreams. And then there's that one scene with the turrets, the sentries in the hallway. Like, it doesn't really add anything. So I, I think they're good cuts. I like seeing them once in the special edition, but it does slow it down. So I don't know if you, okay. if you guys, have you seen what I'm talking about or have you always just seen the regular? I, 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 I know what you're talking about with the, the extra turret stuff. Okay. I'm pretty sure I've seen that, um, that go on. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. Having the colonists show up kind of ruins a little bit of the mystique of the place. Right. Okay. Um, yep. My number five is just the kind of you touched about the space marines in general and, and their weapons, which you've kind of talked about. Just seeing them, uh, what are you know what uh, Cameron's ideas of space marines are with you know shoulder pads and whatever else, but the awesome guns with the counters like you guys already mentioned, um, the steady cam guns that they're using that Vasquez and the other guy use, they're yeah, awesome that's, looking. But that's my number five, so I might as well piggyback on this. Okay. They're awesome, but the tad ridiculous. I mean, the guns they use for tight quarter things, they have these giant guns. It doesn't really make sense, but they look awesome, so I'll allow <laughs> it. Badass. Plus the flamethrowers. Yes, the flamethrowers, uh, the grenade launchers. Yep, they got everything, man. So yeah. cool. Later on, that proximity detector thing, which is the damn bulky thing for now. That's something of a, an app on your phone, but... Um, <laughs> or could be an app. Yeah, I love that thing, and I want to get one of those guns. I gotta find like a prop maker of that thing. It's so cool. <laughs> the Steadicam gun or just the regular <laughs> no, assault just rifle? The, yeah, just the regular assault rifle. Um, but yeah, just how they they load up onto the in their little jeep thing or whatever into the spaceship. That thing flies down. They go out. And... They go well. Those things have pretty bad transaxles. They don't. Uh, <laughs> they don't yeah, manufacture those things. You need to replace that three or four times a year. Yeah. But I loved all <laughs> well, of Well, if you don't use down, that is. That's true. <laughs> um, and Spunkmire. Spunkmire. R.I.P. Spunkmire. R.I.P. All right. Uh, this is your number five as well, you said, right, Alex? Yeah, just the Steadicam machine gun specifically. Those things are so cool. Especially when you see them the first time when uh, Vasquez and Drake were just practicing like yeah. the, their motions and everything getting back together is like what the fuck are those <laughs> like i've never seen anything like that the future is awesome <laughs> that's what you need for bug hunts yeah i guess i get it you know what as an aside here they say yeah probably another bug hunt what kind of other alien bug things have they encountered really they don't really say right yeah they don't really say yeah they they kind of hint that there's been other indigenous species that they've had to go take care of. Like the Navi, probably. <laughs> the Navi. Blue, blue cat bugs. <laughs> oh, uh, they rescued the Navis from their virginity. Whoa! Whoa! Listen! <laughs> Listen! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, number four. 
Okay. I'm going forward ties into what you're saying about the Space Marines and just the overall casting uh, in this movie's great. Uh, all all the Marine, almost all the Marines get like something to, to help kind of separate them from the rest of the group. Um, but you know, some individual great performances, even though they're kind of small. Uh, Sergeant Apone is great, uh, even though he's not in the movie for very long. Look into my eye. <laughs> Assholes and elbows. <laughs> he's chewing, yeah, like Jeff said, he's chewing on the cigar the whole time. Uh, or somebody was talking about that. But, uh, mm. yeah, he just constantly with the cigar. Um, the Lieutenant Gorman, how much of a noob he is. He's great. Paul Reiser is super slimy in this. Uh, obviously, Sigourney Weaver is great. Uh, perhaps Bill Paxton's finest performance. <laughs> perhaps. Him freaking out. Uh, you know, Vasquez. Uh, Lance Hendrickson. Yeah, so everybody, even even the kid. Uh, Carrie Henn playing Newt. Uh, so yeah, there's some really good casting in this. Great cast. Great great ensemble. Alright, um, my number four is the tension with, with the proximity sensor when they're all they're being attacked by the aliens and they're all backing up into that room and they're sealing it off and Hudson's reading it. They're like, Eight meters. You're not reading that right. That's in the room. And then just those clicks, like you said. The, I forgot how the click yep. goes, but it's a click, not a beep. That's really cool. And then, that device specifically is my number two, so might as well piggyback on this, too. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then yeah. they find out the aliens are calling from inside the house. Ah, I'm so scared. And then their hook hands were in my car. Ah. <laughs> But yeah, it's such an awesome device to build tension because you think everything's safe and all of a sudden you hear that thing go off or somebody's looking at it. As soon as you've been conditioned throughout the movie that when somebody's looking at that motion detector, shit is going to go down. Uh, by the way, I <laughs> every time I watch this, I'm, I'm always like, Hicks, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> when, he, when he goes up and lifts the, uh, uh, the ceiling panel up to look inside there, I'm like, No! It's <laughs> the dumbest thing you do in the entire movie. <laughs> it works for raptors, not so much for aliens. Yeah. He just peeks in there and he sees them all coming. I mean, that shot's cool, but like him doing that, it was really dumb of him. Yep. Just, hey, <laughs> you could have gotten Minnie Mouth right in the forehead. Yeah. Yeah, what was he going to... I mean, they were going to fall. They were going to come down anyway, weren't they? Yes. Yeah. You already figured they were in the roof so, or in the ceiling, so... Yeah. It was just for the shot. It was awesome. Worth it. <laughs> Do it again, Higgs. Yeah, I know. I always, even to this day, I always forget that he does fall down. Well, I don't know why I forget this, because he survives the movie. <laughs> but I guess I always think it's a different guy who sticks his head up there, and he does get that little inner, fa- inner tongue through a, through his face. Does that happen in another movie? Um, I'm sure it does. Well, there's Predator when What's-His-Face gets shot through the forehead. And the blood just goes right on the camera. Yeah, no, not not that. It happens a couple times in Terminator 2. People get that spike through the head. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it happens quite like that. But through mini mouth, through the head, through the face. Yeah, I'm sure that happens. I think so. Yeah, I know it happens. But when that scene where they're looking up, they they they're checking it out. I'm sure it does. Yeah, Terminator 2. It's Vasquez who does it again, right? Yeah. Shut up, yeah. you stupid piece of shit. Where are you? Wolfie's just fine. 
All right, uh, that was uh, yeah, proximity sensor number four. And Alex, was that your number four as well? No, that was your number two. That's number two. All right, so what's your number four? My number four is that awesome load lifter that Ripley gets in. I don't know if it's binary, but it's a pretty cool load lifter. <laughs> yeah, nerd joke. <laughs> da, 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 da. When I saw there's this a, movie, I was I was just getting. There's only it. there's only <laughs> there's only one zero <laughs> people that would get that joke. Yep. <laughs> When I was watching, the first time I saw this movie, I was uh, discovering anime also at the first time with giant robots and whatnot. So Ripley get into this giant machine and actually fighting in it was freaking amazing. And she called an alien a bitch, so, you know, I'm in. Yeah, it's, a, it's awesome. So and it holds up. There's a couple scenes where you can tell it's like... Um stop motion or whatever but for the most part it still holds up it's yeah. really good especially when you could tell it was a whole giant rig and the puppet when they just spill over into the uh airlock when they fall when they both fall down there yeah that's a badass shot well i know in some of the scenes there's like a big buff dude in the mech outfit that she's standing on his feet basically and he's moving her that way <laughs> oh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and, and I guess there's a scene where, like, there's a behind-the-scenes thing where the guy was actually getting hard, and he, she could feel it, and they were joking about it or something. <laughs> wow, bush bump. Talk about, it. Talk about a power loader. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! So, yeah. Awesome. I like how they set it up at the beginning. Um, yep. She wants to be useful. All right, what do you want? <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, so does... Cameron does love those things because they pretty much exist in Avatar as well. Mm-hmm. Those are more like Mech Warrior mechs, but I'll take it. Yeah, I mean it's, it's the same basic yeah. principle. Yeah, it's all the the submersibles are kind of like that in uh, the Abyss. Yeah, they got the arms and everything. Yeah. Sweet. Cameron loves it. All right. Uh, yeah, more Mecha. Three. Okay. I remember three. We've already touched upon it, but the Final fight. Uh, <laughs> Ripley in Power Loader v Qu- Alien Queen. Uh, Xenomorph Queen. Uh, yeah, like like Alex just said, they set, set up the beginning of the movie. Uh, and it comes back, she hops in the thing, and they duke it out. Um, and it's tense, but it's cool because it's a robot versus an alien. <laughs> All right, uh, the tail going, like going for her yeah. face and she has to dodge it? Badass. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's sticking out the thing, trying to bite her, just like move her head. Yeah, and stick and move. Yeah, and like you guys are saying, it still holds up really well. Uh, the the man versus alien. Yep, I agree. Um, all right, uh, my number three is the Ripley character. Just awesome, Sigourney Weaver. Uh, the first one, she's kind of, you know, she gets. I don't want to say this. She's not, you know, when the movie starts out, you don't know she's going to be the main character. She's just there to survive. She really doesn't do anything, right? Like, that's superhero. But in this movie, she does. And I like that. And especially, like, nowadays, it's, you know, it's cool that we're getting all these female action leads and stuff. But this is all we had. For, yeah, you know, it 20, was her 20... and Linda Carter. Well, yeah, I mean, to add on what you're saying, in the first one... Uh... And she, she survives because she's resourceful and smart and tough. Um, you know, she's not an auto ass kicker like 
Milojovic or right. Scarjo, like she's actually like a real character. Um, and it's more interesting for the most part. It is, but I do like this where she is. She's taking the next step. And like, I do like the fact that she doesn't want to go back. She's not stupid, but she can't sleep anymore. Right? They keep showing her having nightmares, and she just does, she wants to make sure this doesn't happen to anybody else. That's the reason she goes. Uh, that's heroic in itself, knowing that if, if you escape that thing, would you go? Would anyone go back to it? And she does. Hell like no. <laughs> nope. I'll and take like the nightmares, thank you. And uh, I've got boogies was, for that. The whole thing with Newt, and you know, you find out that she had a daughter, but you know, the daughter is now dead because she was asleep for so long and so the newt kind of fills that hole everything's just awesome um and like i said just having a strong female character that we never had like, that's it it was that and princess leia i guess um red sonia and then uh whatchamacallit uh Lyndall hamilton came along that's true mm-hmm. sarah Connor. And yeah, kind cameron, of the thing is, cameron's a feminist man yeah i was gonna say okay. cameron same thing there where her character is just trying to survive, and in the second one, she becomes more of a badass. Way more than a badass. She could be. Yeah. She was probably the dude in the load lifter. <laughs> With the heart on. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, so, uh, Ripley is my number three. Believe it or not. All right, it's Alex, number three. My number three is another character, Hudson. Because <laughs> I love Hudson. Paxton plays him great he's so super overconfident you could tell like he's that guy at school that he's a bully but only because of his own insecurities and as soon as stuff goes starts going south he just freaks out i mean he kind of redeems himself at the end he dies but he's so overconfident and it's like oh yeah man bishop should go yeah i mean he probably has the the most quoted line in the movie yeah, that whole game over, man. Game over. Game over. Yeah. I don't know what you just say, but we just got our asses handed to us, pal. <laughs> yes, this is yeah. my number one. Hudson's number one. And I couldn't pick one quote, so I just picked Hudson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's also I, I guess I can add on to it now. Just all the stuff you guys have said. Why don't you put her in charge? <laughs> yeah, but Bishop should go. Put those things out there. You can count me out. How do we get out of this chicken shit outfit? All that <laughs> stuff. Just. Uh. Side note. One of my old co-workers. He was telling me the story about how in the job. Before he got to our place. He was introduced on his first day. <laughs> with a meeting with everybody. He's like. Oh and this is Don. Welcome Don to the uh, the team here. And he raises his hand. He's like you got a question? Yeah. I don't get out of this chicken shit outfit. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most uncomfortable thing he's ever done. I, so don't... If, I, if I'd said that at work, I, I think Alex, I think you'd be the only one to get it. Probably. <laughs> uh, so. it's, it's a great line. And just, uh, don't worry, Ripley. Me and my team of ultimate badasses are here to protect <laughs> <Yeah>. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And as soon as, like you said, as soon as the shit goes south, we're shadowing. Whining and crying, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. oh. I got a little dick, it's pathetic. <laughs> I, I think when you guys said it might be his best, this is his best role, I think. I, it's not his biggest role, but his best. So memorable. Mm-hmm. Next, R.I.P. Next to Commando. Yeah. <laughs> we lost him, sir. 
Yep. All right, so that was I don't know where we are now. As number that three. Was, that was Alex's number three. So now we're on to Scott's number two. Uh, my number two is the Xenomorphs. Uh, we've we've already talked at length about them, like how cool they look in this movie. Ah, that's uh, my number like, one. I, iconic monsters. Uh, um, you know, almost without fault, like them showing up in this movie. Uh, they do a good job of waiting until we're well in the movie before you actually see them. Yeah, the whole scene with the, the Marines getting taken down, but you don't actually see what they look like. Um, so, yeah, they they build up the, the suspense with that. And, yeah, just all-time great movie monsters. Mm-hmm. I'll add to this by saying that the queen design was amazing. And that yeah. whole egg sack that she has going, you could see the eggs traveling through it while she's and she lays one down there. Oh, so gross. And then as this soon as one of those <laughs> one of those opens Ripley, just you gotta be fucking kidding me. Just starts firing grenade launchers and flamethrowers everywhere. Awesome. It is cool how the, the grenades like penetrate the egg sacs first and then explode. Yeah. That's Bloom wow. Yeah, there there is some amazing puppetry going on with the, the queen. Jesus. Badass. Uh, to follow up on that queen scene. So, yeah, one thing I, as I was watching it again the other day, Ripley just kind of blows her load in that. She should have kept some of those things. For Christ's <laughs> sake, she just throws a belt of grenades in there. Like, maybe there was a lot of eggs there. I don't think you remember how many eggs were in there. I, I saw her. She, she, she shot them. She burned them. She blew them up. Those eggs weren't going to do anything anymore. She, maybe she, she winked out a little bit. Yeah, maybe she didn't <laughs> think the queen would get away because she had that egg sack. Maybe. Because, I mean, Ripley starts leaving and then the queen detaches, right? Yeah. Well, kind of, yeah, that's when shit's going down, too, when everything's blowing up. So it's kind of the same. Mm-hmm. So also, that look, this is that when she's backing up, and it's like she's, you know, she's backing up, backing up, and then that, you said the egg opens up, and she gives you that look. She gives that look. What, what do you interpret that look as being? Like, was she going to be not do anything? But then because yeah. you saw one hatching that she – I've yes. always been confused by that. No, I thought she was going to try and sneak out of there. It's like, it's like she doesn't disturb the eggs. The queen is doing you know, her own fucking thing. She just wants to get off planet at that point with Newt. But as soon as one of those eggs <laughs> opens up, it's like, all right, bitch, you're asking for this. <laughs> and she just unloads. Yeah, she, that was, I la- think, that was I think the last she... straw. Yeah, I, I, it's a good point, Jeff. Like, You wonder if it was how premeditated that was. But I – I would tend to think that she just kind of freaked out. She had all that. She had the, the two guns with her and the yeah the bandolier of grenades and shit, and <laughs> just decided to go for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if you think about it, it wasn't like the smartest move because it looked like the queen was totally willing to let her go. Yeah, and that's why I've always was a little like, okay, so one of the eggs was gonna hatch. I guess that was the only thing she could do. I mean, she could have turned and ran, and the face hugger probably wouldn't have caught her. But I don't know. Maybe she just wants some payback. It was yeah. the '80s, and those little fuckers playing by her own rules. No stupid chief was going to tell her to not shoot at aliens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, that was your number two, right, Scott? Yes. All right, and my number two we already did. That was a scene with the face huggers with her and Rip uh, Newt. Mm-hmm. So, Alex, I think we did your number two as well, right? Yeah, motion motion detectors. So cool. All right. Okay, cool. So, Scott, your number one. My number one uh, was your number three, Jeff, the, the character of Ripley. Uh, okay. 
it's cool to have a, a hero that is badass without being like indestructible <laughs> you know yeah uh, badass for different reasons because she's resourceful and smart and um, you know she manages to to survive she's a survivor uh, as opposed to all the amidst of all those other movies going on in the 80s <laughs> mm-hmm. like uh, case in point commando <laughs> yep who's impervious to bullets no he got uh, shot in the you know he went into the shed was, and he had the thing that was but that was a story bullet. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really stop him or slow him down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, but by the way, it wasn't a bullet. It was a grenade, and all he got was a little shrapnel. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I think he flexed right at the right time, and the shrapnel just got caught in between <laughs> his abs. <laughs> so he actually caught. It penetrated the skin, but not the muscle. Yeah, And as you said, Jeff, it was, it was also just nice to have not a dude, <laughs> you have a, a woman, a heroine, uh, so, yeah, my number one is the character Ripley, one of the all-time great cinematic heroes. Yep, and it's about, I mean, she is like, or since she came first, he is like, John McClane's kind of the same hero, at least in the first couple Die Hard movies, right? Where he's not the super uh, strong guy. He's just, a, he's just the dude who happens to be caught in the wrong place. And I think that's why the first Die Hard movies are good. Now yeah. they all suck because he has become Commando and... Yeah, but, but I do I do like they resisted the urge in this movie to to do some one-liners, yeah. as great as they can be. <laughs> yeah, uh, they they you know they have none of the postmortem bullshit. Time to scramble some eggs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she does have the bitch line, but yeah, I guess yeah. that's that's she a pre-mortem. Like, yeah, she doesn't have like the stick around. You're running out of you're running out of air. Yeah. Time for you to let off some be... steam, Bennett. <laughs> yeah, it's time for you to go out the cargo door hangar. Like, <laughs> what an ugly a... motherfucker. It's the queen. She's mad because I gave her an abortion. Uh, right. qu- no good? <laughs> That's a thinker. Wow. <laughs> Since it was the queen, she could have went like checkmate and opened the doors. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. So, yeah, it's glad you didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, my number one. Uh, all right, Jeff. My number one was Hudson. That's so, uh, my number Alex. one was Xenomorphs. All right. Look at that. Done and done. Mm-hmm. Let's let's rate this on bitch. One. Scott. Okay. Uh, obviously, love this movie. Can't recommend it enough. All time classic is a kind of a genre bending sci-fi action horror uh, film. Um, all that said, I still can't quite put it at the level of say Godfather or Goodfellas. Uh, so it gets a very, very top tier six for me and it holds up really well. I should say again. Okay. Uh, exact same thing for me. It's a six. It's a six slash seven, but it does just drop down into the six. Um, for the basically exact same reason. I love it. I love it. I love it. I just can't put it, you know. But if you ask me next week, I'm gonna say it's a seven. But for now, <laughs> it's a six. Great movie. If it was like my my top ten movies, like then then yeah, it would definitely be in there. But not necessarily rated as high as some of the the other movies that would be in there. If that makes any sense. 
None at all. But that's okay. <laughs> I don't know whose list you are putting in the top ten of, but yeah, sure. All right, Alex. This is a seven. You guys are nuts. All right. This movie's amazing. Blends uh, horror, suspense, and action beautifully. I can watch it any day of the week, except, you know, when the kids are around. Because <laughs> they're not ready for this shit. So, yeah, so you can't I love this watch movie. it. So what you're saying is you can't watch it. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll probably watch it soon, though. Oh, so good. I'll see but, you yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it enough that I know it like the back of my hand. So awesome. Love this movie. Yeah, you know, and that might be what hurt when I watched it yesterday or two days ago. It was dragging on a little bit because I know it so well. This, like, besides, like, Star Wars or... Lord of the Rings is one of the movies that I have watched so much that maybe I have watched it so much ruins it a little bit. I don't know if that makes any sense. but Yeah, I could see that. My sister watched The Little Mermaid ad nauseum like two or three times a day, so I didn't start liking that movie again until recently. <laughs> that was a weird right. example, but I see what you're saying. Well, it's a good movie. It is. <laughs> All right, so our crossover list is, what is it, Scott? Top five betrayals. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. All right, so. Paul Reiser. Uh, yeah, Paul Reiser, a great example, perhaps mm-hmm. on somebody's list here. Uh, my number five is from going, I two weeks in a row, I'm going to dip into the Vigi games here. Uh, and oh, so am I. And uh, my number five is going to be from Portal 2. Oh. Uh, oh, oh, I should preface this whole list with huge spoilers. Uh, But Portal 2 with uh, the inevitable turn of Wheatley. (laughs) (laughs) That was hilarious. As as he becomes the kind of Gladys character. And one of the, some of the funniest writing uh, in not just a video game, but in anything that I've ever consumed. Uh, (laughs) he, He basically takes the same insults that Gladys was firing at you at the beginning of the game <laughs> and, and in the just completely game, muffs yeah. them. So like at some point, like Gladys talks about how um, it's, you know, your parents never even asked about you and all this other stuff, just implying that, that the main character is an orphan and Wheatley just being not subtle at all basically says, Oh yeah, well you're an orphan. Like <laughs> he just, <laughs> uh, the, the there's, you know, Glass makes subtle jokes about uh, the character's weight, and Wheatley just turns around and goes, fatty, fatty, fatty. It's just... <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, I gotta play those again. Whole, the whole last part of the game is, is that. Mm-hmm. So, Wheatley, Portal 2. Nice. You actually did a video game one that I know of. I like that. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Pushy old man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um... I have my list is actually really long, but I will um, hold to five and see what happens here. Yeah. Uh, number five is the noble Scotman that turned on uh, William Wallace. Oh, Robert the Bruce. Oh, Robert the Bruce. Almost did it on my list. Yeah. Well, so I guess that's twi- Robert the Bruce the first time. Then the second time, Robert the Bruce doesn't. His dad does behind his back. So I don't know. Just the Bruce. Right? Yeah, but all the noblemen pretty much turned on him, right? So, all those guys. That was all of that was Scotland bad. betrayed him. Yes, 
so William Wallace betrayed by the pe- same people he was trying to liberate. And then he mm-hmm. rides into a castle on a horse <laughs> with a ball and chain and smashes a dude's skull. And... Oh, that was disgusting. Nope. I still can't watch that scene. Well, like, how the... that, that seems like overkill. Yeah, when he jumps out the window. It was the shotgun of the time. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> that makes... well, I'm just saying, like, being on the horse and everything, maybe he was going for a little more subtlety. I don't know. I don't think so. He says, look, I'm clearly unarmed. Don't go behind me. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Alex, number five. Number five is arguably Jean-Claude Van Damme's greatest movie, Lionheart. And on the last fight, he's beating like this guy that's seemingly unbeatable. And it the turns hunt. out that his... His name's like Attila, right? Or something yeah. Like. yeah. <laughs> it turns out his best friend, who's kind of like his boogie that usually... It's a street fighting movie for those uninitiated that usually uh, bets on Jean-Claude Van Damme's character, the Lionheart, to win. But this time, he thought he couldn't take him. So he betrayed Jean-Claude Van Damme by betting all their money on the other guy. And then, of course, Jean-Claude Van Damme, spoilers, goes on to win. And uh, they lose all their money. So I assume the character's homeless now. I don't think that's how that happened at all. Oh. I do know that he bet on the other guy, so... I think I think he did bet on the other guy, and then Jean-Claude was like, I knew you'd do that, and he, like, double-crossed double, double crossed him and put money on himself instead. Like, Oh, there it is. I think that was what happened. Number five, the double-double-cross. Actually, I'm not even sure. That movie was terrible. <laughs> yeah. I just know it has, it, has this, it has a dumb happy ending, so I'm assuming that he got money mm-hmm. somehow. And he goes back to the French Foreign and Legion. <laughs> In that next movie, yeah. He started a company called Split-O-Gram. And he would just show up to people's houses and pay him, and he'd just do the splits. Split-O-Gram! <laughs> he'd read a card. Or he'd have yep. a banner in between his legs, and you could only see it when he did the splits. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, Gotta make ends meet. All right. Scott, number four. Number four, dipping into my childhood here. Uh... Jenner from The Secret of Nim, the Ooh. the rat that betrays the all of rat kind, of all, all of intelligent rat kind by engineering the untimely death of Nicodemus uh, is some great voice work, uh, very sinisterly, very very yeah, had a very sinister look, the the pointy eyebrows, uh, mm-hmm. really. The first time I've ever I did ever experienced anything like that as a kid. Uh, and then he has the sword fight get stabbed. But anyways, uh, Jenner from Sigurdum. Awesome, good pull. I should watch that All movie right. again. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember anything from that. I watched it as a child, as a young wee lad. All right, my number four is Cipher from The Matrix. Yeah, I thought about oh, that one. Damn it, that was good. I missed him. Um, yeah, Joey Pants betrays everybody, so we can have. Some nice meat. He and, doesn't uh, want to remember nothing. <laughs> nothing. So, yeah, he pretty much gives up Morpheus, gives up the entire crew, is killing all of them, and then I forgot what was that guy's name who came back and gives the longest pre-mortem line of all time that the guy... Believe it or not, <laughs> you're still gonna a bitch. You're still gonna... I know, like, Joey Pants could have done anything between now and that... Time run a wrench, run away, something. 
Yeah. If you're gonna shoot, shoot. Don't talk about it. <laughs> so. Not Joey Pants, and I will say I like the fact that it is a believable betrayal, right? When you find out what's going on, and you know, as he says, ignorance is bliss. I could see somebody doing that, right? It wasn't personal. He just didn't want to be part of the shitty real world. He just wants to be back, go back to sleep and dream. So I like that that it wasn't a forced betrayal. It was believable. Well, he didn't use the force. He just pulled their plugs. There you go. All right, Alex, number four. My number four is in the movie First Blood Part Two, Rambo, where Rambo goes over to investigate, and they kind of set him up because usually those cages in Vietnam that he goes to reinvestigate are empty, but now they were full of POWs, and Murdoch, the guy that sent him out there, sold them out. He pretty much left them out there, hung to dry, disavowed any knowledge of the operation and everything, and it was awesome. When Rambo finally, like, they give him a radio and they force him to call for whatever reason. I gotta watch this movie again. But it just goes, Murdoch. And you hear that Rambo 2 stinger. Dun dun. I'm coming for you. And then all hell breaks loose. Awesome. And then, and then he almost fights John Kreese of the Cobra Kai. Yeah. <laughs> but he just punches him out, right? I don't even think, he, I don't even think he hits him. I don't remember. Maybe he does. I don't remember. He just stares it's, not like, it's not like a big fight or anything, though. Get out of my way. Hey, get out of my way. And he's... And <laughs> Sylvester Stallone sucking his gut, like, impossibly, almost touching his spine with his abs <laughs> all the yeah, way. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's got the commando pants, like, yeah, tucked up all the way under his nipples. And he's, <laughs> he's walking over to Murdoch's office. And Murdoch's just drinking a Coke. Oh, man. He almost gets killed. Have a Coke yeah, in his smile. You know, that's the end of the movie, right? Where he shoots up the station or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mission. Yeah, I have accomplished. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen First Blood Part Two in a long time. Rambo, what mean expendable? All right, Scott, number three. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, my number three is uh, Godfather Part Two, Fredo. Uh, there's oh, there's several moments. Several moments of betrayal throughout the series, but uh, this is the one that hits the most. It's the hardest. Not a pagoda. Not a pagoda. Pagoda. I almost thought about that one, but uh, just the whole yeah, Fredo, I know it was you. You broke my heart, Uh, and then the uh, the tragic comeuppance (laughs) that Fredo gets later. Uh, But yeah, ultimate betrayal. Mike Corleone's like starting to fray around the edges a little bit. Uh, he's trying to figure out who would do this to his family, and he's looking everywhere except like at those closest to him, and then he f- figures it out. Yeah, mostly because Fredo's a dummy. Yeah, but I'm, I'm smart. smart. I can do things. I'm smart, Michael. Actually, he's not that smart. But uh, yeah, Fredo. So, but was his betrayal on purpose? No, right? Not so. Really... So he did betray family but he didn't intend for anything bad to happen yeah. to them so it's uh, <laughs> again because he's, he's a dumb I'm, getting, I'm part of his huge mob family I'm going to betray them and nothing bad will happen <laughs> oh Fredo I mean he Dwight yeah, I mean, that's, took that's, it. that's what makes it even more tragic at the end was that you know, yeah. by his own lights he wasn't like really doing anything that bad 
Yeah, it wasn't a vindictive betrayal. It was he was thought he was doing something, and they they used him. They basically got used. Is really what happened. Mm-hmm. And that's why I I hadn't thought about this, but I didn't put it on my list because I always thought Michael was too harsh on Fredo. Oh yeah, he was. <laughs> it's a little I bit. Mean, even <laughs> I mean, a little bit. Even, even if he didn't murder him, just everything after that with you know banishing him or whatever, I think even that was too harsh. But but I think well you think his but Fredo's actions led directly to his family getting shot at though. I know, but it wasn't on purpose. That's why I would. You can see how he was pissed when he found yeah. out. Yeah. Banish him back to Italy or something like Michael was. Get a big I mean, technically he forgives. <laughs> technically he forgives him <laughs> until, until, his, until his mom dies, anyways. Yep, he forgives him with the fishes. <laughs> yep. All right, it's still going. Like I said I had it. On, it was honorable mention. I'm glad you mentioned it, so now I don't have to. Um, my number three is Dennis Nedry from Jurassic Park. Yeah, another one I thought about. <laughs> so just yeah, you guys know he betrays he betrays John Hammond and all those guys just to make some money. Hey, he and, mini betrays Dotson. I mean, he tells everybody who he is. <laughs> Nobody cares. Anyway, yeah, it's another believable betrayal. I like the fact that just he a guy a scumbag would do something like this. He's getting underpaid, so he's trying to. You hear about this stuff all the time in corporations and stuff. So. Once again, believable, and he plays a good character, and he gets his comeuppance. <laughs> he gets eaten. <laughs> he gets eaten and blinded, and and his Barbasol yeah. gets spilled in the mud. Yeah, and they and they never pay that off ever again. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta do one of those crossovers where like something happens in a movie that you'll never see again. Like they focused on that can a little too long, being buried by mud, and it's. Mm-hmm. I guess they're still making Jurassic Park movies, so it can always come back. <laughs> See it in the background as an Easter egg? Yeah, it's like Bryce Dallas Howard's heel steps into it. Oh, I just <laughs> killed dino embryos. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> All right, uh, Alex, number three. My number three is I'm dipping into old school video games. SNES. Final Fantasy IV. Go ahead. Okay, it it's does. All right, good. Where the main character's best friend, Kane, he betrays your whole party in Final Fantasy. Oh, who would have thought a Kane would betray you? Yeah, I know. Does it twice? Well, I didn't know I was a kid. But yeah, <laughs> there's some really wonky brainwashing going on <laughs> in this game. It's like he was brainwashed, but then he's like, "Oh, I regained my ability to think." Uh, no, I didn't. And then he regains his ability to think for reals. He gets rid of the brainwashing for reals at the end. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, you saved the day. That was almost my number five. <laughs> well, it's my number three, because that resonated a lot. Yeah. That was hard. It was like the first thing I thought of. <laughs> well, second thing. But anyways. Because yeah. he was such a good character. He's like, man, he's not on my team anymore. Now he's taking my girl. Bullshit. It turns out he has blonde hair, which is weird. Yeah. His long, flowing blonde hair. <laughs> like Kenny. <laughs> All right, Scott, number two. Number two, uh, apologies if this is on either of your lists, but uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, what? Vader betrays the Emperor. <laughs> I should have thought of this. Uh, Not on my list. And the ultimate murder-suicide. 
he he takes care of the the old emperor um and is finally thus redeemed uh by by betraying his master he is uh regained uh, the the faith of his kid so yeah we've all seen this scene a bajillion times <laughs> return of the jedi vader betrays no! i think you just couldn't stand watching lightning teeth anymore it's like ugh this is too much okay you got to go <laughs> cuz i really uh, can't ugh. <laughs> when you said ultimate suicide uh, what did you say? What was the term? Ultimate murder-suicide. Mur- murder murder-suicide. Yeah. I just thought of... Do you remember the terrible Aliens? I think it's the fourth one. And it's... Oh, who's that character? Oh, what's that act? Ah. Winona Ryder! It's the guy who's like kind of being tested on, and he, the whole time he has one inside of him, and they know that. Oh, that guy, the, yeah. The guy always yeah. plays that guy. I forget his name. Yeah, and then... It starts to come out of him, and he just runs at the bad guy and just sticks his chest next to that guy. So when the chest burster comes out, it goes through his chest, too. Remember that? It's pretty solid. Yeah, it was pretty good. I actually kind of like Alien 4, which I know I should be banished from the internet for saying that. but no, I don't have the hate for it. Like that, Guilty pleasure. That, that I've only do. seen it once. I just remember that weird alien-human hybrid baby that gets sucked through that pinhole. Yeah. It's a, it's a very different aesthetic than the other three movies mm-hmm. uh, that's for damn sure it was, it was uh <laughs> juno was a french director it was like his first last hollywood movie he hated it hated working in hollywood so much yeah all right uh my number two um spoiler alert this mm-hmm. goes the tv the <gasps> red wedding oh yeah damn it game of game of thrones when the Boltons and the Freys betrayed the Starks and wiped out Rob and Catelyn and the wife and the unborn baby and all the Stark men. But they asked for salt and cheese. <laughs> How can they, they were protected. I, I don't think it was cheese. That it was salt and cheese and they were protected by salt cheese yeah. armor. Yeah. That it should have been, and that was the problem. It's not supposed to be salt and cheese. It's supposed to be salt and bread, turkey. Oh, I, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, so, then. Anyway, I, I wanted to think of a TV one when I thought of that. I was like, oh, God, it's like one of the best ones ever. So, yeah. Bread Wedding, Game of Thrones. That's it. There it is. Uh, Alex, number two. My number two was a, it, the scene had a little, a really good back and forth. And a son not trusting his father. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Where Indy had the book and uh, the blonde girl, what's-her-face, was getting Ilsa. threatened by the Nazi. Ilsa was getting threatened by the Nazi. And his father's like, don't give it to him. It's like, what are you kidding? She's one of them. And he doesn't believe him. He's like, oh, you should have listened to your father. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All I have to do is scream. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I thought she was in the room with us. Yeah, there's, there uh, there's some faulty logic on her part, by the way. She wrecks her own room. No, I was going to say if if Indy were to be strangling her to death. Yeah, she I wouldn't. I don't have, think she she'd be, be to manage much of a scream. Hey, he yeah. bought it. So yeah. there and it is. He, and then he and then he oh. met Adolf Hitler. Plus, he didn't oh. want to. Yeah, he got this got Adolf's autograph. Yeah. Totally worth it. 
<laughs> she didn't swallow any flies, but that was a good performance. She didn't swallow any. Oh, from uh, Raiders yeah. of the Lost Ark. Yeah, Belloc. No, no, not Belloc. Tote, tote. No, it's Belloc. Yeah. No, Belloc. Oh, oh, is he the one that has the fly going in his mouth? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Not white. Odd job. <laughs> All right. Uh, Scott, number one. Number one again. Mega huge spoilers. The Usual Suspects. Nice. Uh, you you find out who Kaiser Soze <laughs> really is. <laughs> Goes through the the whole montage and then. Uh, um, Aged Kuyan puts it all together in his head. Because <laughs> I'm smarter than you, Mouse. Verbal. Yeah, that's what Not. I said. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm smarter than you. I'm going to find out what I want to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then jump cut to him walking down the sidewalk. He's got the limp, and then all of a sudden he's walking straight and pulls on the, the watch, and then he's holding the cigarette the weird gyro way mm-hmm. <laughs> between his thumb and his forefinger. Gets in the car with Kobayashi, if that is yeah. his real name, which it isn't. They drive off. It's at the bottom of coffee cup. All right, so it's been a while since I've seen this. Who is he betraying there? Everybody. He betrayed everybody. Everybody. So he betrayed the, the, the criminal team that he was a part of. Okay. All right, at the very least. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time. Really, if you look, if you look at the movie, he went. There really was no reason for him to do what he did, because now Except Agent Kuyan knows who he is and what he looks like. I don't think he knew about that guy in the hospital. Did he? Like that he, he had a survivor. He was like there was a survivor. Like at the very end, like the guy was going to say, "Oh, this guy, I did this guy." That looks yeah, exactly but I don't, like the guy he's talking to. But Kaiser Soze, verbal, he didn't know about that survivor. Like during the the first part of the movie, right? That's probably why he did it, and he didn't bug out earlier. Well, no, he knew that the guy was on the ship, uh, but I guess I guess he didn't know that a different guy had survived. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like potentially, but now, but now there's like a bunch of people that can ID him. Yes, and no, there is. He's gotta go. Well, <laughs> you just felt like he's gone. Whole day. Yeah. Right. I'm just saying, it's still make, awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, my number one, uh, Star Wars, but it's Lando Calrissian. Yeah, thought about that one, too. Mm-hmm. He's not a system. He's a man. And uh, <laughs> Oh, that clears it up. Yeah, and he betrays Luke and <laughs> Leia and Chewie. And, uh, he had no he, other although, Yeah, although he does come back at the end and in the next movie, but that was... I wearing, remember, wearing, you Han's, your, wearing Han's clothes. Yeah. You mentioned that the first time... In the secret of Nimrod, or whatever. I think for this was the first one for me where I I saw betray I knew what I saw what betrayal was in a movie or a TV show. And Lando was supposed to be his friend, and he sold him out. He gave him Darth Vader. So Lando Calrissian. Yeah, man, come on. No, wait a minute. Let me explain. All right, Alex, number one. My number one, probably the greatest betrayal of all time. The U.S. government. Betrays a crack team of commandos <laughs> in Vietnam. <laughs> this crack team of commandos gets ordered to rob a bank, uh, but then they get framed for it, and now they're on the run for the rest of their lives. But they still want to do good in the world, so they're heroes for hire. 
You can find him. They're the A-team. Dun, 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 dun. Bam, bam, bam. That is, that is uh, Alex, I, I can't argue with your assertion. But that there is it the is, man. greatest portrayal in all of uh, fandom. All of entertainment. Or Hannibal and B.A. Baracus and Face and crazy, old, crazy old Murdoch. Ain't drinking no milk. Ain't getting on no plane. Awesome. Yes, <laughs> a-, a team is awesome. Da 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 Bam 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 bam. I want to go. You know, one of these days we'll pick this and I'll go watch. We have to watch like two episodes or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. <laughs> There's always like you gotta you gotta look for the hallmark things. Like there's there's always gonna be some like Dutch angle of somebody getting thrown over something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should do one of the later season, first or second seasons, because that's when the, the contraptions that they build get really outlandish, <laughs> ridiculous. Well, they, they, they bring in the one guy for some reason. He's like the explosives expert or whatever. Uh, oh yeah, we'll stick to season one then. That's <laughs> something we've lost in TV shows, where like a guest star every other episode or something, where <laughs> like like Love Boat or something or whatever they'd always have. I'm a very special A team. It's Boy George, <laughs> and that's not a joke. Yeah, <laughs> it was the Boy George episode, which was hysterical yeah. because uh, for whatever reason. Uh, Mr. T was losing his shit. Like, couldn't stop, like, grinning that he was on screen at the same time as Boy George. <laughs> yeah, they gotta bring this back to TV. I mean, they used to do it on Gilligan's Island for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Seems impossible to have guests appear on your island, but uh, that happened. Well, Hawaii Five O kind of does that. Okay. They've had Michael Madsen and. Uh... Wait, but it not. Like, I think what Jeff's saying is, like, the guest of the week type deal, because yeah, every every okay. I think every like big show eventually gets like, oh, here's like Friends. It's like, oh, this is the episode with Brad Pitt. Oh, this is the one with Clooney, like so on and so forth. It was the one with Kylie Jenner on Hawaii Five O. Okay. Yeah, there it is. It doesn't get any bigger than, no. the, than that person. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that show so long. That's still with uh, Scott. Um... Oh, um, Scott Kahn, yeah. Yeah, Scott Kahn and the girl from Battlestar and all that. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Uh, that's our list. Are we done? Yeah. yeah. All right. I have one honorable mention. Um, almost every other main event in WWF history, <laughs> some kind of betrayal. Vince McMahon is usually involved. Never trust uh, McMahon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, the one that I remember, uh, not the most, but the one I, I thought of the first was when the first SmackDown and The Rock was going to was fate fighting Triple H, I believe, to get the belt. And Shawn Michaels had come back and he was he hated DX. Now he was against them and he was the guest referee. And The Rock was winning. He was lining up through the people's elbow. And right before he does it, Shawn Michaels turns Sweet chin music knocks him out. Oh, and Shawn Michaels is back with DX, and everyone's oh. happy. <laughs> Fuck that shit. He robbed, <laughs> he robbed the people's champ of the belt. Man, guest ref, automatic interference. Whether the, the whether, <laughs> whether whether it's heel 
as a heel or as like the good guy, as a face, automatically going to be involved somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought I thought you were going to say like wrestling. when 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 the Rock went through the his corporate phase. Yeah. The people's stuff became like the corporate elbow <laughs> and the corporate eyebrow. I, there's thousands and there's stuff with Hogan and Watch Open. I think there's so many things, but that's the one that just that popped in my mind right away. Yeah. yeah. The cream rises to the top. Nothing. All right. It's nothing. It's time for Alex Knows Sports. No, it isn't. It's not? Uh, no. This- oh, f- fan feedback. <laughs> So we got one. Old Joe is back. Wait, wait. wait. Oh, okay. They might not be fans, but listeners. <laughs> we, we appreciate it either way. <laughs> Joe Auditor. Old Joe is finally back. And he's uh, catching up on episodes. All right. Thanks, Joe. And he's uh, he said, obviously aliens. It's a seven. So thanks for backing me up on that, Joe. Of course, it's hey, a seven. Nice. Hey, Joe. Nice, Joe. Like, if there's one thing we can promise is that we put out content. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, his list goes uh, number five, The Departed. Matt Damon gets what's coming to him. Okay. All right. Headshot. Ah, number four, Lando. That's right. And uh, we just talked about this. Number three, Vince McMahon. Never trust him. Yeah. <laughs> Never trust a McMahon. Never trust a McMahon. Uh, his number two is Kaiser Sose. All right. Okay. And his number one, Vader, turning on the Emperor. Look at that. Woo-hoo! See, I All knew this. Right. Joe, Joe, Joe's simpatico, as they say. Yeah, he's back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, man. Keep him coming. It? Keep him coming. Yep, that's it. All right. What the <laughs> hell are the rest of you guys doing? Yeah. Well, now There's that no Joe's back, everybody's going to go, oh, well, if Joe's commenting again, well, we have to comment. All right. Yeah. It's time for Neum News. Or, I mean, it's time for Alex No Sports. <laughs> I'm Alex, I'm and I like sports. Up. First of all. Okay, you're going to have to... This is some... Uh, <laughs> in bo- in the world of boxing, this is a little uh, Games of Thrones over here. You're going to have to follow me on this one. But uh, there was recently a fight, and this guy named Jose Uzcategui was fighting Andre Daryl, Right. Okay. With me so far? Those are two two boxers for middleweight, I believe. Yeah, the middleweight title. And so around the eighth round, Jose Uzcategui got disqual he got disqualified for throwing a late punch after the bell rang. And it knocked down Daryl. But then after Daryl wakes up, he realizes he won because of disqualification, so all is forgiven. Not for his uncle that's in his corner, because Daryl's uncle just goes over to him and bare-knuckle punches <laughs> Jose Uztagui right in the chin. Ultimate betrayal. Where's, where's and then Vince McMahon? <laughs> yeah, I know, Just right? doing the, that walk that he does down the, the rampway. Mm-hmm. So, freaking boxing, man. Weird. Why would he? Why'd you do that, Team Daryl? He thought it was his friend. He thought it was his friend. He thought it was his friend. Thanks, Jeff, for the joke I stole. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Betrayals all over this episode. Well, people get people get hot. Mm-hmm. 
when, you're, when they're in the midst of a sporting event like that. It's like baseball fights. Yeah. <laughs> but for his uncle to come from one corner all the way to the other and bare knuckle punch the other guy when the fight has already stopped, that's insane. Yeah. Come on, man. So, so I say baseball fights with a straight face guy. No, no, I, I can't. So, no, I, I, I was being facetious. But speaking of baseball fights, though, you know what has baseball beat? Soccer. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we went to lunch and we saw a quote-unquote soccer quote-unquote fight. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. These, these are, like, the least, like, threatening people on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody was flopping on the ground. <laughs> oh, you're like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, that all weigh, like, 150 pounds. Get in each other's faces, like. <laughs> oh yeah. As soon as somebody's breath touches somebody else's skin, ugh, they go down. Oh. So. <laughs> I don't watch enough soccer to comment on that, but uh, the way I see him take dives, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> but come on, baseball. So a fight happens at the mound, and the bullpens empty out, and they run along next to each other. Yeah. And then they start fighting. Like, why? If you guys are so pissed, why don't you fight each other in the bullpen? That's what I want to see. <laughs> Don't run next to the guy you're going to fight all the way down there. And just grab just a roll. When we get there, we shake shit their fists at each other all the way up there. Start, start hucking baseballs at each other. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be rad. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Is that it in the, in the world of sports? Yeah, that's it. Nothing else happened. There's no NBA playoffs or NHL playoffs or no horse races. All right. I don't cover darts. Time for time for Neom News. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. All right. Uh, light news again this week. Uh, starting with a quick review of a video game. So I finished Mass Effect Andromeda. It is a rare thing these days when I actually complete a video game. Uh, so it managed to hold my interest long enough for me to do that. Uh, I Overall, I enjoyed the game. For, for anybody listening that is a Mass Effect fan, uh, I... I would recommend it. Uh, there's still some problems with, with the writing and the dialogue, and I think this game is not going to age well <laughs> as far as some of that stuff goes. Yeah. But uh, there's enough going on with the, the world exploration and some of these scripted combat scenes uh, to make it worth playing. So I'm kind of disappointed to hear, though, that EA has kind of officially canned uh, Mass Effect for now. It's on hiatus, I believe, is the term that they used, uh, which is disappointing because there's they they hint at a lot of things in the game for a sequel that who knows maybe will never come to light. Uh, so a, it, the game was kind of panned by people, um, and I guess that's what that's what happens when the series is that popular and it doesn't meet the initial hype. Uh, Plus, there's reports that EA, like the big wigs, are telling the studios, "Oh, don't worry about the script or the facial animations or anything like that. Just focus, focus everything on, on the multiplayer. on the multiplayer." Yeah. So, of course. Um, and that isn't to say that, that there, there weren't other problems with it, though. Um, right. There, it was quite still. buggy. Um, some things in it were kind of half baked. Uh, but um, again, I recommend it. So, Mass Effect Andromeda. If you like Mass Effect, go go do it. Uh, and then just talk briefly about a couple of trailers, which I actually didn't watch. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, that's great. But, I, but, I, but I'm interested 
in the concept of these trailers, uh, th- the first being the, the new Star Trek series. Um, I, I don't know that I would ever qualify myself as, as, a, as a trekker, as you they would. say. You say it correctly, uh, so you must be. Uh, but I have watched a shitload of Star Trek, at least uh, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, which is my favorite series of the, the whole lot, and Voyager. So and I've seen, just, the, I've seen the original series. You're just being modest, not calling yourself a trekker. I mean, I'm no trekker and all, but I have seen a shitload. Of I mean, I don't don't have that same level of, like fanaticism that I I do for like Lord of the Rings or the Marvel stuff. Um, but uh, anyway, so it's a good trailer for that. Um, I look forward to watching it. <laughs> At least the trailer. There you go. At least the trailer. So interesting enough, cool. I, it was originally supposed to be on. CBS's uh, TGI Friday P, uh, on-demand service, but it got switched to Netflix now, which is good because there's no way I'm paying extra for a CBS channel. Yep, uh, I don't think that's right, Scott. I don't think that's right. I think it's still their their special CBS thing, unless something changed in the past couple of days. Because I saw the trailer, and the trailer said only on CBS. Mm, I'll, have to, I'll have to double check on that. Um, yeah, for that reason itself, that's true. I wanted to burn in hell. <laughs> I hope it burns in hell. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. Uh, the other trailer was for uh, an updated version of the Dark Crystal. It wasn't. Is, you didn't see this, right? No, but it's supposed to be like a prequel for the for the movies. From what I understand oh, from the movie. Yeah. Well. It's it's mostly like a mini like making of, and they show some of the concept art and some of the puppets that they're going to be using and stuff. They have like 0.5 seconds of actual footage from the show, so you're not missing anything. Oh, you are missing some of the great artwork and puppets, though. But yeah, okay. I'm hyped. I'm hyped for this. Yeah, I'm, I, this is something I'm interested in. Uh, I, I hear, there's probably been talks for a long time now, but um, I, I hear talks picking up for a uh, labyrinth update. Oh, yeah. Connolly uh, in the house. <laughs> Somehow I doubt she'll have anything to do with it. Uh, oh. Unless she's going to be the shitty mom, like the shitty mom from the first movie. <laughs> yeah. It's barely in it. But, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm interested to see this. I'm always uh, intrigued by something that, I'm assuming it's Jim Henson, the, the Henson shop. Yes, uh, it is. going to be doing this. I'm always interested to see what they do. Uh, I feel it's like not not a lost art, but a definitely a dying art. Like Underused. it's pretty much it. It's like Henson, and that's pretty much it. Like <laughs> the you know if that goes, we're not going to see any of these 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 puppet movies anymore, um, for better or for worse, uh, depending on people's mileage on this stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that's... question. Sorry, question about that. So the Muppets are they belong to Disney now too, right? So does that mean yes. all of Jim Henson's are they like Lucasfilm? Like were they the entire workshop acquired by Luke uh, by Disney, or is it just the Muppets? Oh, know? that's a good question. I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, I know Sesame Street has a a deal with HBO right now where they're showing stuff on that. Yeah. So I'd imagine not all the Henson stuff. It got real dark. Yeah. Is that, yeah, but and, the and I don't know how much Henson Street... has to do with Sesame Street anymore. So. Yeah, they split off a long time ago, from what I know. But yeah, I'm not sure. Interesting, something to look up. Yeah. 
Somebody decided a better podcast will answer. We ask the questions, <laughs> better podcast will answer. We ask the questions, you answer them. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have. Uh, Jeff, do you have anything to add? News, reviews, uh, whatnot? Not really. I, I'm hearing that the initial reviews for Wonder Woman are coming back, and it's actually pretty good. That's okay. the best you've had from a DC movie in a while. So we are take it for what less than two worth. weeks out from that. Yep. Okay. Still no, yeah. still no marketing on that. It's it's like I've seen a couple of takeovers on websites. Um, maybe something will pop up in my Facebook feed, but that's about it. I, I'm not seeing any commercials, like real hardcore. Like if this was a, a like Batman or Superman or, or Marvel, Fast movie, and the Furious. Or Fast and the Furious, like it would be on every goddamn it, like, fucking Doritos bags all over the place. Well, she is on uh, what is it, Dr Pepper cans? There it is. Oh well, there you go. There's there's your marketing right there. Okay. It's almost like they just they want to like just shelve this thing as fast as they can. I think they're just gun shy from all the shit that they've gotten from their past not so good movies. They're like, oh, but, but we're I mean, just gonna but, hold on to this until but, the but very last explain, second. But that doesn't explain why they're not pushing it really hard. That's marketing. That's what marketing does. Is it makes people go see it, whether it's good or not. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe the marketing team isn't making that call. No, they absolutely no, are. That's 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 who makes that call. Is the people that want mo- that are like trying to get money for the movie. What about Mr. Warner? What if he says no? Last movie sucked. Don't promote this. Well, maybe Mr. Bros said to do it. Yeah. See. I w- I would suspect you see a lot more the next couple weeks. Yeah. Right, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, they'll like. Yeah, we'll see more, but I, I just think that if this had been like any of the other Marvel or DC movies, we would be seeing a lot more. Mm-hmm. It's weird to me. Yeah, we did get oversaturated with what you call it, Suicide Squad. Yeah, I don't know. Like that one, yeah, definitely Suicide Squad. But the other ones, like I don't. I don't know. I guess I see a lot of Wonder Woman commercials, but then I see them when I watch Gotham or something. So I, that which makes sense, right? That's a DC. Yeah. Thing, right? I don't know. Mm. Uh, the other thing, just I've been watching Better Call Saul. Still love it. I still watch Gotham. Still hate watch it. <laughs> um, and that's it. That's the only thing I'm really watching right now. So yep, that's it for me. All right. Alex? Nope. Okay. All right. That wraps up this week. Uh, what are we going to be talking about next week, Alex? We're going to have uh, – there's been a, a, a very big lag of Arnie in the last few podcasts. So why don't we do one of his all-time <laughs> The last unquote, few podcasts. Yeah, it's been like two or three podcasts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> one of his uh, underrated classics. Red Heat. Oh, yeah. Rasta. Victor Rasta. Yeah. All right, what's the crossover topic? Uh, let's do terrible accents. Let's do your favorite or a most hated just terrible accents in TV, film, all of entertainment. All right, sounds good. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Cocainum! We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. 
Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.